This is the fallen angel Christopher Daniels, former TNA X Division Champion and former TNA World Tag Team Champion, and you are listening to the TNA Cross the Line Podcast. Enjoy. TNA Wrestling Cross the Line. And we're back with episode 128 of the TNA Crossline Podcast. I am Bob Conley Jr. With me, as always, is Dallas Gridley. And Dallas, we are a mere eight weeks away from Victory Road on November 7th. Oh, yeah. Where we don't know who the number one contender is for the NWA world title. Russo has suggested that it could be Abyss, it could be Raven, it could be Mario Brown, it could be... An outsider. An outsider. Which means the rumors are rampant. Oh. Who could it be? Could it be Kevin Nash? Could it be Scott? Could it be Hulk Hogan? Or could it just be an outsider from the company? Because he made sure to say that as well. An outsider, Bob, you think? I don't know. I don't know. It's probably just going to be Jeff Hardy again. Yeah. I mean, Dusty's I would, promising I would hold that it. Yes, right. Uh, Bob, this feels so weird. We just watched an Impact. We're not doing a two-hour show now. I know. I'm feeling good. It's Sunday know. morning. I'm drinking my second coffee of the day. It's actually afternoon. It is afternoon now. So I'm drinking my second coffee of the day just because. And You went on a Walmart run. I definitely did not convince my girlfriend that we need to go figure hunting and then have to buy her coffee to make up for the fact that they did not have that figure i don't know speaking of figures man um the impact figures i hope you're going to collect them as well i'm really looking forward to it i'm a big tna fan i have been slowly collecting some of the original tna marvel like toy biz line um which i've been uh enjoying getting those and i was just told the other day because i have them like I don't have them displayed really right now. They're kind of in package, just kind of like sitting on an end table I have. Yeah. And uh, we were down there, like I was like picking up some stuff, and my girlfriend goes, you can't even see those. I was like, what do you, they're right here. What do you mean? She's like, you, you can't even see them. Insist, and, you know, in kind of in, insinuating, like, you literally, like, <laughs> like why do, you, why do you have these? They're just sitting here. Right. I'm like, well, you know what? I was going to open them eventually. Right now, they're just looking good. You were gonna, you're really gonna open them out of case. All right, package. Okay, so here's what I'm gonna do with the original line. I have a lot of them, I have a lot loose because I had them as a kid and they're in good condition. Because I think I, by the time I got those, I wasn't like being rough with, with my toys. Um, my plan is to get series one mint on card unopened and open the rest. Uh, so I will have one series in the case, and then I'll open the rest of them. So the first four, you're yeah. going to keep in a case. Mm-hmm. And all the other ones you'll open? Yes, that's my plan. Why? Um, I just... It, I've So, for example, I've, this is what I did with the AEW line. I'm collecting AEW figures, 
and I knew when they I decided I was getting these that I needed to open them for for space. I just don't have space to not have them open. So what I did is I purposely bought two of the first series so that I could have one in the package and then one out. And I the way I the reason I do that is because first off, I love the packaging of just really figures in general. I think it's really fun. The TNA ones, the impact ones, beautiful. You got pictures on the side, you got the nameplate, and then it's like the big impact. Like I love how they look. I just don't have room to do them. So I figure if I if I have I have like um that first series, the big series, and I already have those open. So I have all of them open, then I can just get those to kind of resemble the series mint on card. Mm-hmm. It might sound weird, but like I just don't have room for them all to be in the packaging. Um, no, I mean, it doesn't sound weird. I just. Uh, it's I a think, fair question to ask, though. I think for me, it would just kind of drive me nuts to know that I have a few open and then other ones not open. Well, well like I said, though, that's why essentially I need two of those. So I have them open to satisfy that, then also have them in the package. It's just like what I do. Uh, I'm a big Kenny Omega fan, right? So I got. Yeah, but like, what if. But wouldn't you want to do like both? Like, ha- like every series have one open and have one not open. That turns into psycho territory for me. <laughs> I was gonna, right, would right. I? Okay. Would I like to? Yeah. Can I? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. I mean, that's just what it is. Like, I just can't do it. Right. But that's why, for example, like, a, like for Kenny Omega, he's like my favorite. He's been for years, and so. In his case, I am getting every single one of his open and not open. Oh, so for him, you're you're doubling. For him, I'm doubling. And that was out of FOMO. I was like, man, like, what if one day I want to get these signed? Or, you know, I don't know. Right. Um, so, yeah, I do have all of his figures. Specific, well, I have all of his AEW figures twice. His previous figures and stuff, I do only have one version of them, but that's fine. I don't. I don't need all those open stuff, especially because I have one of them that costs that I believe like $250 or something like that. And it's not even a good figure. Right. But yeah, pretty excited about the impact line. We'll see how they look. I'm not going to pre-order them. I think until I see how they look, but yeah, I'm excited about it. Mm. But anyways, enough about figures as much as I'd love to talk about figures about all day, every day. We have to talk about impact. And, Bob, I do actually have some fun notes today. I, You know, I, I mentioned how I didn't think I had a lot. I actually have one thing that might take up a little bit of time here, and it's concerning Conan. We'll get to that soon. Okay. It's actually very interesting, but it's a decent little read. And, honestly, I didn't think I could really cut any of it out. Like it's is, it, is it about WWE? Um, I do think there is some chat about that, yeah. Okay. Um, but before that, let's just talk really quick about the impact that we just covered on our last week episode. And then we'll kind of dive in. I think I got a few notes about that, including the outsider in in talk that we heard. And then we can kind of just dive into some of this fun stuff and get going on the show, which I'm really excited about. So let's just run down the card real quick, like we like to do. As I noted, uh, there is no, I noted last week, there's no more thumbs up shit from the Wrestling Observer, at least until pay-per-views. So we're pretty much... We're pretty much in the clear on that. Uh, we ended up liking the show, which, you know, I think it was fun. Uh, so we saw AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy defeat the Naturals. 
which of course was after about eight minutes worth of video packages. Then we saw Monty Brown defeat Vordell Walker, who famously knocked out Rick Steiner, apparently. Then we saw Kazarian and Michael Shane defeat the team of Jarrell Clark and Mikey Batts, which Bob noted, is this the end of the the underdogs? I think it potentially is. Yeah. Then Abyss defeated Brian O, or Brian Owens. They only call him Brian O, or Owen, excuse me. And then in the main event, in a shocking turn of events, exactly how we were hoping it was actually going to go down, Team Canada's Bobby Roode and Johnny Devine defeated the NWA Tag Team Champions Chris Harris in primetime. Whoa. Good booking. I like it, man. That's what I'm talking about. I needed that to happen. Yeah. Uh, so that was pretty cool. Uh, Dave pretty much just um, says with that match that is probably setting up for a title match on TV in the next few weeks, which seems like the most obvious thing he could have written. Maybe that's just me. Um. And also, it's noted here that the September 9th show, or of course, it was September 10th when it aired, it drew about the 400 people uh, because of the hurricane, and also because Jimmy Hart wasn't there to round up people around the park to see the show. I think it's really more about the hurricane, because we've noted with this hurricane season, it's definitely drawing less people. So I think that's pretty important to bring up. Uh, And actually, it's even noted here as well, from this point forward... The Orlando tapings are going to be far more difficult to get crowds because attendance to the park on a school night is down to something like 70% of the sum- from the summer period. So moving on forward, it's going to be a little bit harder to fill the impact zone. Right, because they're, t- they're filming on a Tuesday, right? Uh, we have not officially started that just yet, but yes, they're going to be. I think right now it's Thursdays still. Uh, okay, right. So, uh, okay. Right. Because yeah. after the Wednesday paper. Right. Got it. So, there's all that information. Take that for what you will. But let's talk about the Outsiders, Bob. So, this is a note I did say I was going to save. And I, I purposely did that because I didn't think we actually heard a mention Outsiders yet. And now we know they really did. Oh, yeah, they definitely did. Like four or five times on the last show. Yeah. So Jarrett has been hinting about the term outsiders in TV promos, and Nash and all have confirmed to friends that they are coming in. We kind of heard about Nash. I was going to say, so they both have confirmed. Yeah, they've confirmed that with friends that they are apparently coming here to TNA. Okay. And in Scott Hall's case, again, he's returning. Right. Uh, Dave notes that I guess the big storyline will be whether Nash and Hall are with Vince Russo or Jarrett. They have to try something special to get people to buy the November 7th pay-per-view. They've also, this is big news too, Bob, they've also reserved December 5th for a second pay-per-view show. I'm excited. Yeah, they reserved the date, December 5th, for their second pay-per-view. I'm excited. December 5th, interesting. Okay, so that's going to be another, what? Probably five weeks after uh, rough four, four, rough four I think. Yeah, I mean it's almost like almost a month exactly. Yeah. Um, there have been a lot of rumors this week about Las Vegas being in the running for the first show. With the rumor being that it'll be at the seven thousand seat arena at the Orleans. <laughs> yeah, 
Jeff Jarrett went in Las Vegas a few weeks ago, went to the building, which is one of the nicest mid-site arenas of its type, and it was said to have been blown away. Now, the negative is that there is a Las Vegas Wizards hockey game on November 6th, which is the day before, which, because of the setup time needed, would make it difficult. But Jarrett was said to want to do one of the first pay-per-view shows from that building. There were people last week told about Las Vegas, but Don Harris was in Norfolk this past week doing a site survey on the building there for the possibility of November 7th. Um, he, he notes that I expect to hear rumors of other sites as well. Um, are we really supposed to think that uh, they could fill a 7,000-seat arena? Depends what, they, depends what they do, I guess. Depends what these outsiders are going to bring to the table. I mean, know. even with that, I mean, give me a break. Well, and I do think, now this, we kind of elaborate on this a bit here, okay? So, it, pretty much exactly what you're saying. So, they need to eventually get into what is considered a glamour market, but finding a way to become an in thing in that market is a lot harder than Nashville or Orlando because the major league entertainment that is in Las Vegas every night, mm-hmm. it's going to be impossible to sell tickets there. Now, this relates to us very well here on the TNA Crossline podcast because as when WWA went to Las Vegas for a pay-per-view and used Randy Savage's name with Jeff Jarrett and Bret Hart as big stars and had a casino co-promoting the event, they only drew around 550 people paid. But (laughs) Las Vegas isn't that hard to paper. Right. So it might not be hard to paper, but it's hard to get... Money audience, yeah, to make money off of it, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, pretty good stuff. Um, okay, let me let me get this smaller note out of the way first, and then we'll talk about Conan because it's a little bit longer form, and then I think that's really it, uh, before we get started on the show. Uh, so we do, we actually heard it on the broadcast, but Savio Vega and Luke Williams were at the Orlando show to negotiate a talent exchange deal, speaking with Jerry Jarrett. Now, we know that Savio Vega ended up being on Spanish commentary as well. Uh, It's an interesting political deal because Mantel has been sending talent to WWC, and IWA had uh, contacted some TNA people in the past, and the wrestlers had been told they couldn't go because of Mantel's deal. Jerry told them that the deal was Mantel got a booking fee for sending talent to WWC, but TNA wasn't involved in that deal. He told them a few WWC guys were coming for a taping in September, and he wasn't going to cancel it, but wanted to start the deal in October. Things were verbally agreed to, but nothing has been signed. Jerry wanted Jeff to come in as the NWA champion for a few times a year, and the company would send other talent to IWA, probably starting on October 14th to October 17th when IWA has its next round of big shows. Conan's name was brought up, was also brought up, as he headlined in Puerto Rico a few years back. Jerry said they wanted two Mexican stars and two Puerto Rican stars and said it was because Fox was looking for guys to appeal to the the, um, Latin market. Because Armando Quintero was gone on a non-wrestling assignment, Vega also did the Spanish announcing for Impact. Quintero may be gone for good since Vega was asking or asked and agreed to come in full time as an announcer. So Savio Vega may be full time Spanish announcer now, which is kind of crazy to think about. I never knew that this was even the case. 
Yeah, I had no idea. Um, and Jerry Jarrett told them that he wanted to work through Victor. Oh boy. Oh, I'm gonna mess this up. Uh, Quant. Oh, I don't. It's Victor. Quintos. Quantos. Quint- yeah, yeah. It's something like that. I just no. I'm gonna Victor Quant. Quantos. We're gonna say uh, to get Mexican talent. Vega, whose hand was wrapped up because he accidentally cut it with a knife, cutting food, got a much bigger reaction in Orlando than people expected. IWA is on Sunshine Network after Explosion, although it's totally screwed up as nothing is shown in in order, and it's almost impossible to follow. TNA Impact doesn't even air in Orlando. What? Isn't that wild? How's that happen? That's weird. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's a lot of fun stuff at Savio Vega. Now, this Conan stuff, dude, you're going to have to hang on tight. I'm going to take a couple breathers in between because I'm going to need to. Okay. Um, but there's a lot to get through, and it's it's pretty crazy. So there has been some dissension of late. And actually, I shouldn't say it's just Conan. He's just the majority of the story because, in particular, this deals with Conan and Raven and others to a lesser extent, all unhappy with their positioning. So, Kid Cash hasn't been as vocal in recent weeks, but no doubt the frustration level, with no sign of things moving upward after the initial initial better-than-expected rating, is going to, to get going to be getting to everyone now. Now, Raven was at least positioned as a major title contender watching the Jarrett uh, Hardy match, but hasn't been used much since he complained to Dixie Carter about the booking of Jarrett and Dutch, which was not the thing to do. Conan and the Jarrett's had a had a blowout this week. You could see it coming after Conan's appearance on the Wrestling Observer Live as he talked about how he and BG James have more name recognition than almost anyone on the roster. They get better reaction in both National and Orlando than almost anyone, but don't get major storylines. The company's feeling has always been they're, they are good for a pop, but TNA was afraid to book them in major programs because of the in-ring. That's a pretty fair point. Mm. Okay. Uh, both were aware of it and got into better shape and have performed better, at least based on the glimpses I've seen, Dave saying he's seen, seen of them, and get as good reactions from the live crowds as anyone, particularly in Orlando, where you have a lot of people coming in who don't know new guys. Conan complained about how they get strong reactions both he and James had gotten into better shape and can do good promos, but haven't been moved back to the top. This came after they complained that they were put into the Dusty Road storyline as backdrops. Conan was on the air with frustration about getting Jeff and Mantel to listen to his complaints. He complained it had become like WWE, where they cut everyone off booking-wise so nobody can rise to the top, and was mad because he felt he'd done good promos and his stuff had gotten over, but he did nothing but a late run-in on the pay-per-view the night before, and was booked for a dark match in Orlando, and just a quick run-in. So with this keeps going. I mean, this is just the beginning. So he's he's got quite he's got quite the uh, grape here. Uh, with Jimmy Hart uh, not there in Orlando to round up people to the park to come to the tapings, Conan and James were asked to walk around the park on September 9th to round up fans. Conan complained about this bad, or about sorry, he complained about his bad hip bothering him. And it started the wheels in motion with them asking why they were asked to go with Hart two weeks earlier and do the same job and nobody else is asked. 
Jerry Jarrett was furious at Conan for his feeling that he didn't want to do it. So they sent Vince Russo to talk with Conan since he's good friends with him. Conan complained to Russo, who then told Conan he and Jeff needed to talk. The real life crew was told it was probably because it was probably told it was because they are the few people who are recognizable as wrestlers from their prior TV. And Jimmy Hart said that they and Ryan Wilson, who doesn't even wrestle on TV, but they are grooming him for a push because of his size, are the best people for him to work with getting the park goers interested in seeing a tape. Uh, Hart claims people get intrigued by Wilson because he's 6'9", and people gravitate towards seeing a monster, while Conan and James are recognized by more people than almost anyone because they were pushed during the hot period of wrestling. Hart told... Go ahead, do you agree about the chime in? No, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the idea that just because Ryan Wilson or Titan or Titus is uh, 6'9", I don't know if He's I, a monster. Yeah, I don't know if... Yeah, I mean, visually, oh, hey, this guy's tall. Oh, hey, you want to see him wrestle? And then you see him wrestle, and then you're probably going to be like, oh, that sucked. I understand the, I understand the BG, James, and uh, Conan reasoning for the the pushing you know, during the, the well, height of pro wrestling. Well, and also, I don't think we can, should forget that when they were doing early three-life crew stuff, like on the National Fairgrounds, they were like having a lot of fun with the fans and stuff, so I guess I could understand why they'd want to put them out there. Yeah, but I think another thing I'm kind of thinking of is like, why wouldn't you use Jeff Jarrett or Jeff Hardy? You got to come and see the big stars, dude. Yeah, but if you're trying to get people in there, you know, and yeah, and I think cool. another interesting person would be a guy like Monty Brown. Oh he's yeah, got the, he's got the charisma pride. Get you in there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, I agree with that. AJ Styles. I guess. Right. So, continuing. Uh, Hart told the company people that nobody recognizes Johnny Fairplay, who he was originally using. Because uh, remember, Fairplay and Titus were the ones walking around. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than older women who don't care about wrestling. Those are the only people who know who Johnny Fairplay is, apparently. Uh, as it turned out, Conan also complained about getting no interview time and nothing but a late run in the night before, and then being booked for a dark match with Wilson instead of on impact. He brought up Wilson was green and might hurt someone, and then in the match, Wilson ended up hurting BG James, who got a dislocated shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Um, Conan said if they if they were three of the most recognizable people in the company, and that if it was a big enough star that Jarrett brought him to Las Vegas to help them on a merchandising deal. How come they don't get more of a push? Noting that an advertising deal that they have at a park for taping doesn't list their name. And Conan heard a radio commercial for Impact listing several names. Noted Jarrett, Styles, Fairplay, Raven, and Brown. But not that he and James were listed at all. Uh, he was told that Fairplay even mentioned Dixie Carter's the, oh, sorry. He was told the the fair play mention was Dixie Carter's is insistence. So that's why fair play is mentioned on the commercial. Mm-hmm. He also complained about Goldilocks getting so much TV time as compared to him. He's got a good one there, according to Dave. Uh, he was mad at the Naturals getting pyro for the ring entrance, but they don't. Which is also interesting. Uh, Jarrett told him not to be a mark that the Naturals need it because they're trying to get them over. But the real life crew can get over without pyro or belts. 
Conan then asked Jeff why he needed pyro. And <clears throat> people are conditioned to thinking that big stars get pyro now. Oh, my God. This keeps going. As the talks heated up, Jerry Jarrett came in and was furious at Conan. The Jarrett's told Three Life Crew as a group that they were in a good spot at the level of America's Most Wanted, and they could easily be in the Gilberti, David Young, and Pat Kenny level. So they're, like, threatening them with, like, other people who aren't being used, yeah. which is... Uh, they were also given an angle for the pay-per-view where they wouldn't wrestle on the show, but would get lost traveling to the show and end up partying with common people, maybe in a trailer park or something, somewhere near whatever city the show is at, which didn't make them happy because it realized, because they realized it had already been decided on that they wouldn't have a match on the three-hour show. The Jarrett's noted to them that they're on TV, on every TV and pay-per-view, but Conan complained they often are booked as faces who can't get the job done. Rarely are booked to look strong and get their group's gangster gimmick over. And much of their wrestling was in dark matches. It was also noted at one point Killings had been asked to put a bone in his hair at one one point and refused to do that. And they wanted to bring up some outdated stereotypes with Conan, such as a tequila bottle as a prop. Jeff told Conan that if he didn't like it, he could go home right now and later told Jerry Conan, he later... And later, Jerry told Conan that if he wasn't happy, he could leave. Conan said he didn't want to quit. Uh, it is a buyer's market right now, and TNA has no superstars who are going to make the difference single-handedly. For the talent, there are no alternatives, as WWE would be interested in very few. And give, given the situation here, it's doubtful anyone would fare better when it comes to a push in WWE. The only people who have any leverage in dealing with TNA are those in a bona fide regular Japanese deal. And it's also lastly noted that Jerry in particular was said to be, was set to, I think it's supposed to say, be mad when this happened. That's a typo. Oh. Well. Yeah part, yeah, part of this I like, I agree with Conan, and then other parts it's like, really. Yeah, like, I, I or like agree I, I kind of agree with like both sides. So like when they're saying, "Hey, you guys don't need pyro or the belts to get over," I tend to agree with that because I think to some extent they are pretty over. Now, would I say that they're like the most over act? No, I mean I and I feel like I've heard you say that. The it's reaction, the yeah, like at the fairgrounds or whatever, that they were like the m- most popular group, or whatever. And it's just like, I that's a tough thing for me to buy into. Uh, so like, I don't think they really need that. Uh, should they be like Conan and and uh, BG James, should they be you know mentioned in advertisements and, and whatnot? Sure, but I mean, people would probably know who Conan is. But when you were, you can't say Road Dog. Right. So you could only say BG James. And then how many people are going to know that? I mean, I, could you say, hey, the guy formerly known as Road Dog, BG James? I mean, I guess, but. Yeah, but I almost think if you, you do that, it almost cheapens what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Like saying the, that's why I probably why they're not doing it. You know you, him better you know I mean? somewhere else. And, yeah, yeah. I don't think you want to do that, but also I hate to say it, but like BG James don't look like Road Dog no more. No, they got all Conan. He always looks like Conan. 
BG James, not really. Yeah. And then this dude wears a jersey that says B Jizzle on it. I'm like, yo, I don't know what's going on with this guy. It's kind of weird. It's a weird nickname. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, some of it is just maybe them being a little dramatic, but then I think they... I think he's got some good points. There's some solid points in there. Absolutely. But it was a lot. Um, And the stuff with Raven is interesting that they're potentially holding him back because he complained Dixie Carter and kind of went over Jared's head. I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah. And I also think it's important to note, we've heard it months and months ago, probably even a year at this point, but Jarrett is, I feel like, is more of a Russo guy anyway. And if Russo kind of doesn't have as much power booking-wise too, that might be also part of that reason why Raven's not doing a lot. Well, and I think with, um, with Raven, which is interesting, in terms of impact, I mean, we've only seen him wrestle like one time. Yeah, it's very few. I think it might have been more than one, but very, very few. Yeah, and, and the only one I can remember is, uh, you know, he beat somebody and then, like, Sabu got involved. Right. Afterward. Wait. And there might have been another one where they were brawling in the crowd. So he's had, like, maybe two appearances. I think, like, yeah, very few. Um, which is actually kind of kind of off topic, but you mentioned Sabu there. Um, even over on our Twitter page, Bob, did you know that Sabu essentially confirmed the infection he got that had to end the storyline with him and Raven. I did not know that. Yeah, so he he confirmed it. Because I tweeted, and it was about the Hangman's Horror match. I wonder if I can find it really quick. Oh, yeah. He literally, I said, I posted, like, with Sabu out, who will Raven fight in Hangman's Horror? And he said, I caught an infection and had to drop out of that angle, and he had to drop out of wrestling for a year. So he confirmed the infection that we heard these. The I mean, not that that was like a big like secret or anything, but it's 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 nice to see like okay, we heard that he has this infection and this issue, and oh, it's confirmed. Like he literally told us. Well, so he was out for a year, and weren't there people in TNA who initially thought that he was overstating the injury or whatever? Originally, yes, and then Originally. I think one, I think they said once he missed a couple of other bookings, they were like, "Oh wait, no, he's like serious." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and if you want to see some fun stuff like that too, you can go follow us on Twitter at Cross Line TNA. Join us for all the fun. Do it, uh, Bob. That is everything. If we're cruising, um, I got no notes on dark matches today. What? Uh, so. Right. You know you know what time it is. <laughs> Let's I keep do. going on that victory road, baby. All right. Well, <clears throat> it is time then to check out the September 17th, 2004 edition of NWA TNA Impact. I will count the runtime here is uh, approximately 44, 32, 44 minutes, 32 seconds. I will count down from three. And when I say play, that is when you're going to want to watch along uh, on Impact Plus if you have it or if it's in your own personal collection, that should work as well. So here we go. Three, two, one, play. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude, I love this intro. This is TNA. Yeah, but then we have to deal with the stupid, like, bad opening. Oh. On today's impact, we'll see superstars from the signature... Okay, so we're going to see X Division stars and Jeff Jarrett in action. Here's Russo saying who's going to be the next number one contender. He's shirtless again.
And they're just talking about that Jarrett Jarrett promo we saw last week, talking about the outsiders and stuff. And now, right, and now he is, and he said, "Have I already been you to the pub?" So he is kind of suggesting that the outsiders that they have mentioned may already be on his side. Ho ho! At least that's how I'm taking it. From that, so. Okay, we still got the shitty song, so I was wrong. I was hoping they were maybe going to change it. No, I mean, it's going to be a fucking party when they change that shit. Yeah, I wonder when they do. Oh, don't give me goosebumps right away, man. We're seeing the commercial immediately for the Victor Road show that we saw the last episode. I'm going to get goosebumps again. I can't do this right now. It's interesting they're doing that at the start. Yeah. It's a weird See, now this is fun, though, because we don't have the six minutes of highlight packages that we had last week from pay-per-view. We don't have any, any long video packages to use. That's true. I think if we're going to see anything, it's going to be um, like vignettes of certain people or something like that, you know? Well, I want to point out, speaking of vignettes, we have not seen that mystery one where it's like, oh, he's <gasps> coming. Oh, shit. You're right, dude. So I wonder what That's that is. Dropped. It's got to be dropped. It's got to be dropped. Yeah. But see, how crazy is that, dude? In wrestling, you could hype up something for weeks stop it and then people just forget like we forgot i totally forgot about that yeah it's it's i That's think how a lot of it is i feel like a lot of it has to do with like so much happens yeah in a, you know you have so many different angles with different people that you know you just tend to maybe forget about something that's not constantly reminded to you well and stuff like that is almost even more different because it's like a little vignette. It's not like a major angle. Whereas, like, if they drop a major angle, usually you're like, okay, come on. Well, yeah, like with Sabu and Raven, like, we kind of knew. Yeah. Like, oh, what's this? A new Genesis will unfold. This voiceover, dude. He's iconic. Victory Road. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. It's it's like seeing that logo and everything, dude. It's just like, it's what I want. Get ready for the beginning of a new era. The shot of the impact zone here. Victory Road, live November 7th. Best of the X Division coming up this Wednesday. Me and Bob are not covering that. Sorry, guys. And I like how today has to make it sound like a big deal. Holy shit. That firework shook the cameraman's arm. Like, it was, like, that loud. <laughs> Did you see it? It fired off, and yeah. he was like, whoa. It, like, jerked. Yeah. What's in your way? Here's Petey Williams, Eric Young. That's all. Is it? Bobby Roode. Okay, so not Johnny Devine. Okay. The cream of the crop. Uh, all right. Well, I have I have a couple of notes here for Petey Williams. He had a oh. busy uh, busy uh, weekend, or actually busy f- Friday, since this airs on Fridays back in two thousand four. Uh, Thursday and Friday. You know, he had a weird busy middle of the week. I don't know what's going on. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> so September fifteenth, uh, Petey Williams successfully defended the IWA Mid-South Heavyweight Championship when he defeated CM Punk at IWA Mid-South's A Phenomenal Invasion in Evansville, Indiana. 
And then the next day on September 16th, he successfully defended the IWA Mid-South title against B-Boy in New Albany, Indiana at IWA Homecoming. And then on September 17th, IWA heavyweight champion P.D. Williams defeated B.J. Whitmer in the Ted Petty Invitational first round. And then apparently, and that was in Highland, Indiana. And then on September 17th, the same day, which I feel it can't be right because he had a match in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. He lost to Duke Durango by disqualification for Stampede. I'm not really sure if he could go to Indiana or Canada or Canada, India in the same day like that. Well, we'll pretend. Uh, We got Team Canada against Team Mexico, Bismo Negro, Heavy Metal, and Mr. Aguila. Also known as S.A. Rios. Oh! We cannot see buttholes. He's got shorts on underneath. No, but that was a dangerous-looking somersault dive to Rude. Yes, it was. Before. Well, the crowd is reacting positively, but I think that had to do with heavy metal throwing something into the crowd. Yeah, it did look like it was maybe a bandana or something off yeah. his head. Oh! Abysmal Negro just bounced off the ropes pretty cool after Petey threw him over there. Oh, oh. American Rana, that's going to get a two count. Now they're going to trade some pin temps. Petey off the ropes, lift it up. And Negro with a power slam. Kind of a weird looking one, but we'll take it. Yeah. Mr. Agula in the ring with Petey Williams now. It is pretty funny that he has to wear like shorts now. I love it. They're like, hey, imagine that conversation. Hey, man, um, we can see your butthole. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we could. It's a, it's a truth. We're on it like Fridays at three o'clock in the afternoon. Like, we're gonna need you to wear shorts. We yeah, we can't have your butthole hanging out. Yeah. Sorry. On pay per view, that's fine. Like you can do that, but on TV, I don't know. Yeah, right. Um, the, no, I know you actually listened to it, Bob, but um, we, that maybe we can talk about it during this here. Uh, on the My World podcast, Jeff Jarrett covered pay-per-view number five, which, of course, we covered two years ago. And it's the, the same episode where Puppet was in the trash can, right. a beaten off, yeah. and it was hilarious. Yeah. And it's kind of it's kind of cool to hear Jeff Jer- like get questioned, be like, okay, like what are we serious? And the way they kind of go through the episode is just how I mean we were. It's literally was the Wild West during the same exact show. A lot of stuff is going on that's like, what is what's happening? Yeah, it's uh... it's fun to hear Jared try to explain like. Okay, what, what were you doing? Well, I mean, some things I feel like you just you can't really explain. No, you can't. I mean, the like more that, that is something that's more like a shock value, I think. That you're Absolutely. And they also talked about Goldilocks a lot about how they got her uh, brought in, essentially from like a like a talent manager or something. Was like, hey, give her a shot and stuff like that. Yep. So that's pretty cool. High knee. Yeah. Yeah, cutting off Aguila with a knee lift to the midsection. Okay. 
becomes the X Division champion, Petey Williams. Handspring double clothesline. Here comes Negro. And he is cleaning house with clotheslines on Bobby Roode. Kick to the midsection. Off the ropes. Running oh, kick. Bismo Negro's on fire. Springboard. Oh, oh, that made me nervous. There's a moonsault to the knees. It was almost to the ankles, and he almost didn't rotate good. Yeah. Oh my god, the match is breaking down. I feel like any time that there's a brawl like this, uh, that just means that uh, three life crew are going to come out. Yeah, they're going to be run-ins at the end. Conan's going to be pissed. It's kind of crazy. Well, let me, let's hint around it. I don't want to say too much. It's crazy how many I, people we've heard not happy with the company and how long they stay with the company. Well, I mean, when you don't really have other options. Well, yeah, I mean, the independent scene is very different around this time, so there's also that. Oh, I thought Rue was going to pin Metal after he went after uh, Demore there. Uh, power slam. Now he's going for a power bomb. No, Metal counters. Chops Rude. Spinning kick to the face. Now he goes for another cover, and he's going to kick out. Even though he was pulling on Rude's little goatee thing. <laughs> Scoop and a slam. Metal going to the top rope, but Demore's going to use that hockey stick to crush. What a him. son of a bitch. Can't believe he's cheating like this. Oh, okay, Rude's got him on his shoulders, and we are going to hit a Death Valley driver. One, two, and that does it. There we go. Another win for Team Canada. Not surprised with that outcome. And I'm honestly kind of surprised that uh, Team Mexico was being used still. Yeah, I mean, it's a, a fair point. Bit. Oh, and here comes Team Canada just to beat him down. Maybe they're not going to be used for much longer. Yeah. Don't, don't you miss the America's X Cup, Bob? No. Come on. Those were my least favorite episodes to that. I like Team UK. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That was rough. The whole That whole thing was just rough. Yeah. Wait, someone, there is a beatdown now, so that's got to be three life crew, right? It's three, yeah, someone's going to have to come out. Or will it be the tag champions because they're more convinced? Who's this? It's Hector Garza. What the hell is Hector Garza doing here? Oh, oh. Uh, not much. Because Petey Williams just drop-kicked his ass and knocked none of Demore's fighting him. Yeah, he drop-kicked him pretty good on the knee there. Now they're all just getting beaten down. Stops. Who else, Who can possibly save these guys? No one. I almost wouldn't mind if they didn't have somebody save them. Just let them have the moment. Oh. Bobby oh. Roode going to the heavyweights? That's all we need. I, where else would he go? And they did. They got, no one came out to help them, so they just let Team Canada beat him down for several minutes. I don't oh. hate that. Video package here of uh, Harris, of course, Harris and Skipper, of course, winning the tag team championships from the Naturals. 
What happens now? Storm Nothing. And Daniels are both hurt. Storm is back. Daniels is shoulder. That's what caused Skipper and Harris to be partners to begin with. <clears throat> but last week we saw Team Canada defeat the Tag Team Champions in a non-title match. And they were beaten down. But then James Storm and Daniels came out, made the save, and so did uh, Ron and Ron Killings and Conan. No BG James. At least I didn't see BG James come out. Um, I don't think so. not that and I the Nationals also got involved as well. But we don't even see Ron and Conan getting involved. Kid Cash and Dallas are in action against, against Saban and Amazing Red. I ain't going to complain about that. That could be fun. There's potential to have Dallas kind of stand out. The best of the X Division. This is going to be on pay-per-view, so check it out. The best X Division action from 2004. Everything you wanted. Yeah, I don't think so. Kid Cash will be on the show. Of course, again, these are just replays of their matches. It's kind of crazy, isn't it? From the first eight months of the year. This has got to be geared towards like new fans. New fans, right? Yeah, who you haven't checked out these shows really. Nisawa. That's exactly why I was going to watch this pay per view. Sanjay Dett. That's, that's weird that they promoted Nisawa. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah. And I like how they just listed like twelve guys, and then after AJ Styles, they go and the rest of the division. Like who else? <laughs> oh yeah, dude. We talked about the best of the tag teams on the last Wednesday show. Best of the heavyweights coming up. Kid Cash, and I see those are the Kid Cash tights I like, dude. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Um, let's see here. So, uh, Chris Saban has one indie note back, uh, well, actually the same day, September 17th, he lost to Rain Man in the first round of the Ted Petty Invitational in Highland, Indiana, Friday Day Mid-South. And then Amazing Red had a few matches, and by a few, I mean two. Uh, back on September 11th, Amazing Red teamed up with Sunjay Dutt in a losing effort against Jimmy Rave and M-Dog 20 at uh, CZW's High Stakes 2, the afternoon show. And that was at the ECW Arena. And then on the same day here, September 17th, Amazing Red lost to Jay Lethal at USA Pro Mind Games in New York City, New York. And that is the new notes for this match. Nice. Looks like Sick. Brad and Kid Cash might be starting us off. Or is it Dallas? No, it's Kid Cash. Okay. Dallas having a rough uh, hair day, it looked like. Listen, he just wasn't ready for this. 
I guess not. You know, so another thing about Kid Cash that I found interesting about his interview from a couple weeks ago with uh, Rene Dupree. So he was talking about AJ Styles like winning the heavyweight title. Mm-hmm. And he kind of thought that when you have smaller guys win the title, like it loses credibility. So he was saying like AJ and like Ray Mysterio, whatever. And I thought to myself, I was like, I wonder if they approached Kid Cash to win the NWA title, if he would have been like, nah. Well, that's a good question. We're going to commercial here. We're back. Um, is this is a recent interview? Uh, yeah, the, I mean, the YouTube clip I saw was posted like a month or two ago. Oh, wow. I might need to find this because it sounds like he talks a lot about TNA and I really want to hear it. Yeah. Like he, so even in 2022, uh, it would appear that his main gripe here is uh, Amazing Red just drop kicks, cash to save Saban. Uh, his main gripe was with uh, the Golden Boys, as he put it. Let's see, like younger talent, so your Styles, your uh, Chris Harris, James Storm. Wow. Like they picked certain guys that had a certain look to be uh, over. And his cash lands on his feet on a monkey flip attempt by Saban, and then gets drop kicked anyway. Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, but you know what? Shout out to Kikash, friend of the show. Follows us on Twitter. I so, like. I mean, I like Kikash. I no like matter what he, a lot. I used to see clothesline saving right out of his boots. Um, I, and like I've said before, I think that if Kid, you know, Kid Cash would have been an interesting option to be the NWA champion if Jeff Jarrett wasn't like dominating that. Uh, that title scene is Dallas. It's a huge side slam on Saban for a two count. And this is a new referee. I've never seen this referee before in my life. Yeah, I don't <laughs> literally no clue who that guy is. That is really bizarre. He's usually the same three guys. And now we have a random guy in there as kid cash. Now is back in. He's just eye raking Saban after a chop. Saving fire back with a forearm and another one. DNA is the best referees. Well, I mean, I don't even know who this guy is. Well, okay, not this one. The the usuals: Posey, Rudy Charles. Nice moonsault there by Cash. A springboard moonsault. Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas. I'm losing the other guy's name right now. We don't have him yet. Oh my god. Don't listen. Spoilers, dude. Don't say. Oh, back when we had uh, Slick Johnson. No, that's who I'm thinking of, Slick Johnson. Oh, yeah. Well, he was here before. That's right. He was early. 2002, yeah. Well, because I... As uh, you look at your plaque. Well, because there's there's Slick Johnson, Rudy Charles, and Andrew Thomas. It looks like Posey's not on that. Uh, I don't think Posey's around that, yeah. What year is that, 2006? <laughs> um... No. Later. What, eight? Seven? Maybe nine. It's seven years from the asylum to the impact zone. So, 2009? Yeah, I think it's 2009. I have autographs that no one wants on that. Of course you do. I, I, I bought it from them. I love it. It's one of my favorite things. 
Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. All right, amazing reds and he forearms cash followed by a clothesline. Kick to the midsection. Oh uh, no! Oh. oh no! That's supposed to be the code red, and it did not go well. I thought Cash was countering it, but I don't think that was a counter. I will say Dallas kind of stands out in this match since everybody yeah. else is significantly smaller than him. Yeah. Do I you kind of like, get Do you kind of get test vibes from Dallas? Yeah, absolutely. Right now, yeah. dude, it is test. Yeah. That's test in the ring. Yeah. Missile dropkick by Red on the Dallas. I just like that there's a wrestler who has the same name as me. Because uh, what the heck is oh, the chance no, of that? There's even the big boot is a test move. I'm just now realizing that. In the Dallas, pants, dude, with like even yeah. the cross, I feel like. Yes. Everything. Yes. Cash, frog splash. Oh, almost folds himself over. Like nice frog splash. Oh That's God. a three, baby. Clean win for Dallas and Cash. Who is that referee? Well, don't give a fuck because he pushed him right out of frame. He looks crazy with that hair, though. I like it. Monty Brown. We're going to hear from Monty Brown. Brown. He believes he should be the number one contender. And I'm not going to argue with him. Feel the pounce. Chris Vaughn. Remember him? He's fine. Poor guy. Looks like this is one of those vignettes we were just complaining that we haven't seen a lot of. Although we've seen him get a ton. Look at the dude. The pounce is so freaking good. Uh, recently on AEW television, Keith Lee did a kind of a pounce onto, um, I can't remember which member of private party it was. And people were like, oh my God, look at this pounce. And I was like, man, come on. Remember the, uh, who was it? Was it AC Romero? Yes. He pounced, yes. uh, Anthony Gaines. Into the crowd, like four. It, vi- it went viral. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, no one capitalized on that. Mm. That sucked. What can you do? I think that was at uh, ESW, ESW right? yeah. yeah, Empire. It was. Oh. The way he pounces them and they bounce generally in the six-headed ring bounce off those back ropes is so good. Yeah. I love these videos that they probably took in the park of him, like in like plants to make it look like he's well, like. Okay, so you have you know that within the plants, which makes sense. Serengeti, I get it, but then like the one with Abyss at a waterfall. Yeah, it's like I don't think I. That's kind of weird. Jeff Jarrett up next. We are twenty three minutes thirty eight seconds into this show. Ah, shit, Bob. We we were wrong. Here's a highlight package from the last pay-per-view of Jarrett and Hardy. Fuck. Uh, Damn it. It's like we get it. I wonder when they're going to not do that. (laughs) I don't know. My Brown's happy. Abyss... Doesn't know what to do with his hands, so he just does that. Raven's laughing. Okay, now we're talking about the promo from last week. Okay. Now a promo. Okay. Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy. 
Dusty prim, pretty much promising Jeff Hardy's going to get a rematch, and he's going to up the ante. We don't know what that means yet or if it'll happen. We have a championship committee that you haven't heard about now in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They it's just faded, they fading that out, you think, or what? They have to be. Because it was what? It was Funk, Race, and Zabisco. And... It was Zabisco. Let's it's real. Zabisco. So the fact that we have Zabisco, Rhodes, and Vince Russo essentially as all authority figures is absolutely absurd. Well, I think Zabisco has said he doesn't really have any power, but he just, like, does things. What is Jeff Hardy doing in the club? What is that? Well, look at that Raven shot. Where are all these people sitting? Raven with the same jet. Stop showing Hulk Hogan. So Although we're on within, TV, I get why they're doing that. Yeah, so you're saying like, get it. Okay. whether you're in TNA or out of it, and the only show, and the only show Hogan. Outsiders. Uh, Look at the smile. They know what the fuck. They're like, uh, you know, okay. outsiders, so the, man? You can't do this if they're not signed. They've right? done it before, Bob. <laughs> they, I know they have, but like, we're in a different What's era. even worse is when they're like, hey, China's coming next week, and then... She don't come. <laughs> she don't. She, <laughs> At least this way they're hinting around it. Right. Yeah. I'm, a very obvious hint because obviously they are called the outsiders. Yeah. I forgot about that China thing. The China thing was really bad. Yeah. At least with the Hogan thing, they shot the footage of him attacking him and everything. And they like, we're going to do something. China was like, she's coming next week. And then like, that was it. Right. So, I mean, I guess in some aspect, they got something out of the uh, Hogan thing. Here comes the elite guard for some reason. Onyx, Collier, and Hernandez. Does that mean... Is Jeff coming out? Although they they haven't really been associated with him anyway. What? Oh, Lex no. Lovett. Lex Lovett. Lovett. I, mean, uh, you, 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 I just like saying it like that. You might be right too, but... Okay. He, uh... Remember, he was almost going to be a disciple of the new church, right? I like that idea still. He's bald, slashing him. Why not? Cool. And uh, here comes the NWA champion, Jeff Jarrett. So the elite guard ran out to ringside for Jeff Jarrett for a match against Lux Levitt. If he needs their help to defeat Lex Levitt, I swear. Like nothing's changed. Who's next in line for a shot? There's your Jeff Jarrett. Conan's pissed right now. He's like, yeah, of course, Jeff Jarrett gets it. He's a star. I love the like steam fog stuff they do like that. I love that. Yeah. Or like CO2. It's like CO2 air or whatever. Yeah. I like that. Probably just dry ice. Yeah, it's that kind of shit. I love it. Where's the guitar? I wonder if he's going to use it on this poor guy, Lex Levet. Or does he have a standard? Like, you have to be at a certain, like, star power to get the guitar shot. Yeah, you very well might need to be. Is he going to take the belt off? Yes, there we go. He didn't take his jacket off. He just threw the belt down. Mike Potsy's our referee for this match. And dropkick by Jarrett. Oh, right to the face. Jarrett has a nice dropkick. Yeah, I'll give him that. Which is pretty, uh, pretty interesting for like a heavyweight guy to have like a good drop kick. I feel like that's not very often. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, Hardcore Holly's got a good one. Okay, that is literally not someone I would have even thought twice about their dropkick. <laughs> Randy Orton. Got a good one. Okay, Randy Orton is good. Yeah, you're right. You really, you really don't think that Bob Holly has got a good one? Oh, jeez. No, I, no, I just... in the crowd for this guy? Oh, my God. Give me a break. Well, dude, it's Jeff Jarrett match. Um, I don't... I just can't picture a Hardcore Holly dropkick in my head right now. Really? Um, And he's just not... I feel like he's not someone I think about a lot. <laughs> Oh, my God. Spanish and unstable. Bob has officially lost the Chipotle bet that we placed two years ago, by the way, guys. We've left the asylum. and like We've left it completely. It's not even a slip of a chance. Um, I'm surprised about that with you and Bob Holly. I mean, there's almost every match, like post, I don't know, 1999, he hits the dropkick, and they're always like, that's the best dropkick in the business. And he never wins with it. But they're always like, oh, he might win. And he doesn't. I don't know. I guess I just can't think about it. Maybe I'll have to keep watching my ECW 2006. And uh, Oh, he definitely hits a dropkick in 2006. That's what I'm saying. I watched one episode and I was like, yeah, this is what I thought it was. Yeah. Because I told Bob, this is off air. I strictly wanted to watch that because I wanted to see Monty Brown eventually come. And um, it's in it's in 2007. So I'd have to watch a lot. You have to probably watch almost a year of it. I probably should just skip ahead because then he fights Cassidy O'Reilly, I think. But yeah. what was fun is on the first episode, FBI Ooh. comes out and then freaking Trinity's with him. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, shit, this is TNA. Oh. I loved uh, it. Levesque just hit a running blockbuster, which uh, is weird. And now he went for a somersault leg drop, but he missed. And that... Oh, okay, knee left to the midsection, and then Jarrett should be hitting the stroke here, right up. Really? Soak it in, baby. Mountie Brown pounds or something like that. I don't know what you just said. One, two, three. Okay, so if I'm Lex Levette, I'll be like, listen, dude, I know I'm a jobber, but to knee lift me and then taunt the camera for 10 seconds really kind of kills me. A little bit. And he's got a good look, I think, so. I I would seriously put him in probably the Disciples thing. I think that's a good idea. Is this another promo for... Yes, it is. Are they going to keep giving me goosebumps until the show? Is this a different... This is different than the one that's... Oh, this is like a shorter, more condensed shorter version. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. GNA Wrestling presents... Victory Road. I love these, like, shots they're using of the talent. It's so cool. Three-hour epic event. Dude, it's going to be epic. <laughs> I can't wait. AJ Styles, Alex Shelley. To face an X-Division pioneer. Next. On Impact. That should be a good match. And another highlight package. Maybe they don't want to do uh, pre-tape promos. Could be. But then, like, what's the point of having Shane Douglas if he's not interviewing nobody? Uh, another great question, Bob. Yeah. So we're just now again, people may be wondering why is AJ? Why is this having a PD? AJ has art. He had said before the conclusion of his Kikash feud that he was coming back for his gold. And his gold being 
the X Division Championship. That's right. So. I think it's going to be a really good match when it happens. I bet you we're going to see this happen before the three-hour paper. This is going to be an impact match. AJ and PD? I think it will be. Really? I'd be shocked if they can make it last another seven weeks to get to the pay-per-view. Well, yeah, if it's really overall, it'd probably be like 10 since the right. first mention of it. Here comes Alex Shelley with Goldilocks. All right. Uh, I do have any notes here, I believe, for Alex Shelley. Oh, okay. Uh, and quite a bit, in fact. So, wow, okay. His last appearance was on September 8th in terms of the televised one, so we've got a few here. Uh, September 11th, he lost, actually lost to Chris Hero for the Combat Zone Wrestling Iron Man title, which Iron Man match usually means a time limit. Well, that one had a no time limit stipulation. What? Yeah, CZW uh, high stakes to the afternoon show at the ECW arena. Wait, how how do you do no limit? They must have had a draw or something before. I don't know. Uh, That same day. For Ring of Honor at Glory by Honor 3 in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Alex Shelley lost to Brian Danielson in 19 minutes and 21 seconds. On September 15th, Alex Shelley lost to Claudio Casanoli at IWA Mid-South's A Phenomenal Invasion at Evansville, Indiana. On September 16th, Alex Shelley teamed up with Roderick Strong as Generation Next to defeat Chris Hero and Nigel McGuinness in 18 minutes and 15 seconds. IWA's uh, an IWA homecoming in New Albany, Indiana. And the last note here is on September 17th, Alex Shelley once again lost to Brian Danielson in the first round of the Ted Petty Invitational in 14 minutes and 43 seconds. Wow. That's and that was in Highland, Indiana as well. Uh, they just noted on commentary, Bob, that Jeff Hammond is not here because of something with NASCAR, but he will be back in October with his six points of impact. Well, that's a relief. Best of the X Division coming up. As this match has got going on here, Styles has control of Shelly, but they're quite technical start here. Shelly counters, nice uh, hammerlock behind the back of Styles, but Styles is countering that one now with an arm twist. Uh, I figure, you know, we're getting really close to that time, Bob. Might as well start telling people now. Keep an eye out. Bound for Glory 2022. That's right. The Teenage Crust Line podcast will be there. Look for our sign if you're going to be in attendance and you're listening. Come say hi to us. Bob's tall as fuck. Can't miss him. <sighs> yeah. Maybe I'll wear my Impact uh, sweatshirt. That I bought. Oh, you at, definitely got to, dude. At Rebellion. You got to. Well, I mean, well it'll probably be cold by then, right? October? Yeah. Well, am I going to have to buy another four, $300 turnbuckle? I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. I can't do that again. <laughs> ah, maybe. I'll, I'll be honest with you, after going to Rebellion, I cannot wait to see the merch table. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm going to look real harder at this time, because it was I was pretty impressed. I really, really liked it, and I really can't wait to see yeah. if, what kind of meet and greets they might have or anything like that. Yeah, I'm so I'm quite interested. I think what I'm most excited about these these shows are the, just the card announcements, just to see like what will actually be on the show. Yeah, I'm really, really excited. Uh, it's been a, it's these guys are still going really technical here. It's been a lot of fun. Chain but, wrestling. But yeah, Bound for Glory is a bucket list item for me, so I'll end it at that for now. But I'm really, really well, excited. Well, I mean that 
that's like the one pay-per-view that has been consistently a pay-per-view for them since yeah it's like that and slammiversary are what's left and right um so yeah i'm really excited i and i like i've said before but i have like a bound for glory sign from the very first one that was like hanging in right. the impact zone like it's i i just cannot wait i'm really are gonna, excited are you gonna bring that to get signed? dude if it wasn't so fucking big i would <laughs> it's massive is it signed already by anybody or no it's not and i don't that's like too big to bring to signing and stuff so that one might just stay how it is because you know what would be pretty cool like if that was the, i think that's the first one you said if you could yeah. get well to sign that first one who were at the show well not just about that show but the one that we're going to yeah nice missile drop kick by just how's on shelly potentially breaking his tooth that's, that's how fucking good it was Alex Shelley's. Oh, I got trapped over there. Oh, right over there. Jeez. Goldilocks looks very confused. Oh. Grabbing the foot. Oh. Oh. (sighs) Styles likes to do that. Take the ropes on his midsection. Uh, Well, I was just going to say, Alex Shelley. Okay. This guy. Just seems like he just constantly gets better. And I feel like that's not really supposed to. I feel like that's not how it's really supposed to go. I really like Alex Shelley. When you get older, you're not supposed to be better. I mean, he's just constantly doing a lot better for himself. So. Right. So I was saying in the corner, double knee by Shelley to the chest. Shelley charges across the ring. Snap mirror, drop kick to the back. Vicious drop kick. We are almost at the halfway mark of this match. There's five minutes, 45 seconds left in the time limit. The font on the top looks weird to me. Okay, I was thinking that too. Like, it doesn't look the same to me. Yeah. I'm glad I've been thinking that the whole show, and I didn't know if I was just nuts or what. Also, this referee guy. Is that the same weird one? It's the same weird one. Hmm. Very odd. I don't know who he is. Uh, And if you're following along, by the way, we're at 39 minutes into the show. Yeah, which means there's five and a half minutes left in the show itself. So this could be another time limit situation. Germans. Oh, oh, release. release. That was awesome. This has been a good match. Shelly ran into his neck. Shelly hasn't been in a WWE match, has he? Uh, He's wrestled in NXT, if you count that. He did? Yeah, very briefly. Wow. Yeah, here, I'll, uh, I'll pull it up real quick. Styles with a couple of forearms. Discus clothesline. No, Shelly counters. Misses a clothesline. Chopped by Styles. How about another one? You got it. Forearm. Sends Shelly into the ropes. He wrestled Still three. Backbreaker, yeah. nice. Right. He wrestled three matches, Bob, and two of them were at live events. Okay. Um, but he, he teamed up with a longtime partner. Now, not Chris Saban. Oh, reverse. Oh, nice. Moosalt, reverse DDT. He teamed up with Kushida. And unfortunately, they lost to the Grizzled Young Veterans in the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic 2020 first round match on January 15th, 2020. Oh, wow. That recent. Yeah. They tell you, brought the time oh. in. And they actually defeated the Forgotten Sons twice on live events. Uh, prior to that. Oh, wow. Okay. So that was his little stint there in WWE. 
Interesting. I had no idea. And now he's back with Impact. He had an excellent heavyweight title match with Josh Alexander at Emergence that I have finally caught up on. Shelly going for a suplex styles, countering it off the ropes. Oh, tilt the world, rolls up. Roll up. Three. You got it. Three minutes and 27 seconds left in the time limit. That's a good match, Bob. That was good. Oh, and quick cut. And an abrupt cutaway from that. Is this another different package? For three and a half minutes, maybe. Who knows? Look at the camera shaking with the pyro. I saw that. Is this for this show? Impact rocks. It kind of is. It just hyping up Impact in general. Impact Zone, Orlando, Florida. What is this? I'm very confused. Cool shots and stuff like that, though, from in the tunnel with the pyro, from behind of people coming out. I always think those are really cool. That's Raven right there. That's not the Impact Zone. That is a Nashville yeah. shot. Oh, that was a nice tunnel shot. Oh, we're flashing. What's that? Kevin Dunn is probably loving this right now. Oh, that was a guitar shot. You see that? Yeah. Feeling the pounds. I think this is just like a fun little package. It looks like to close out the show. Mm, mm. That's it. Oh, see, so yeah, it's just showing names. The big stars, Monty Brown, names. here's Jeff Hardy. Well, these are all potential contenders, I guess, right? Right. Well, here's Styles now, though. Which, Styles, I I mean, in front of the Orlando sign. Yeah. yeah. All right. Are we going to see Conan listed no. in this? No. You don't think so? No, I don't. There's a, there's a chance. I guess how long it is. It three, li- three life crew in general. Well, okay, if Raven. Raven gets one... Conan should be able to get one. Abyss. Abyss. Oh, <laughs> oh! Hey! Three life crew. There you go. What is this? Look at this, look at this package. Of them like on a stage. Like doing this, like an act. In Canada? Canada We're really running play. through the ro- the main roster here. Eric's most wanted. W. Skipper. Amazing Red. Lots of Pele kicks and okay, a lot of Pele kicks, super kicks. News is kind of weird. Shark boy, shark boy, triple X. I saw that. I mean, we're going through everyone. Yeah, I mean, obviously some repeats, but they're just showing their big moves. Yeah, Uh, Oh, Jarrell Clark missing the six thirty. Don't know why we would show a missed one, but okay. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Some of the dead Trinity. Trinity. We haven't seen Trinity in a while. You Play from the Himalaya. From the Himalaya. Oof. Huge pounce of Jimmy Ray for you, saw. The Naturals. Some Styles uh, stuff from, like, one of the first couple shows we just yeah. saw footage of. Some Canadian Destroyers. This is kind of long. Oh, 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 we're flying through stuff. We're flying through stuff. Total nonstop action with the logo. Fans chanting TNA. Oh, and then here we go again, Bob. Another quick version of that 
the the new face of professional wrestling. That wraps it up. Um, all right. Well, what'd you think about uh, this week's edition of Impact? I would say I enjoyed that more than last week. Really? Yeah. Uh, I also enjoyed it. I will also give it a thumbs up. <laughs> now, I can't hold it anymore, Bob. Yeah. I've waited all show. I should probably tell you this next week. But I have one more note. Oh, God. Okay. And I'll just start off by saying the show that we just watched was essentially old footage. So, uh, two out of four matches we have already seen. Yeah, we already saw Team Canada and Team Mexico face off. And that happened on June 10th of this year on the second edition of Impact. We already watched that match. Yep. And then the Lex Levat and Jarrett match happened on July 29th on the ninth episode of Impact. Get out of here. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, I was. I didn't know if you were going to catch on. I had no idea. The uh, Chris Saban and Red versus Dallas and Kid Cash was actually a dark match from, I believe, the last show. So, yeah. like, we talked, we knew the result of that before we just watched it. Um, so that was taped on September 9th, so the September 10th show. So all my dates, by the way, are what are one fuck? day are one day off because of the taping. What and then, uh, what was the date for the Jarrett Lex one? Uh, July 29th, so probably the 30th, because of the date the day delay. Um, and then that main event between Shelly and AJ Styles was in fact the oh. match that we talked about that we got a lot of result like high praise uh. that took place on August 26th or the 27th with the delay i believe on the 13th episode in a dark match okay so that one i figured i honestly thought that one uh was going to be shown to this is good i mean they said it was right good. right um so that doesn't surprise you but i did not that just shows you i watch way too much pro wrestling for me to not realize that i've already watched two matches I thought the Lex Levet Jarrett one was going to be a dead giveaway. I had no idea. Uh, let me read you this note. Normally, I'd save this for next episode, but I wanted to get Bob's live reaction, and I couldn't wait another week to Holy tell him. Holy shit. That's funny. So, and, you know, I'm glad you told me now, because I would not have even remembered. Right. Next time. So, uh, this is a note I've been saying. I was going to wait until you either called called this out, or we got all the way through. Okay. So it's noted here, what has been really strange is the company's cancellation of its first Tuesday night taping in Orlando on September 14th. So this episode is from the 17th. Yeah, so they were going to tape it on the Tuesday. Now, with the hurricanes, which threatened the previous two shows, the fact it was canceled isn't strange, but how it was handled was. It was talked about on September 9th as a uh, probability that they wouldn't run this week. And decided probably the next day. However, until September 13th, the day before the show, not only had TNA not announced it in Orlando, but announced it on either company website or Bob Ryder's OneWrestling.com site. So they literally the day before still didn't know. Now, many in the company didn't know for sure as late as September 13th. Uh, Some who tried to contact the company for info didn't have their calls or emails returned for days. Others were given very hazy information. And others were told over the weekend that there was no show. 
Now, the decision was finally made on September 13th, so probably later, to then have the announcers do voiceovers of matches in studio for both Explosion and Impact on September 17th and September 18th. Now, this is why I have no dark match notes. This is why I didn't give you a crowd number today, and I don't have any Explosion notes, because technically this would be our first week talking about Explosion, but I don't have Explosion notes for a couple weeks, really. So, isn't that crazy? That's insane. And you know what? We saw two of the matches, but overall, we got a good show out of it. And the two matches we didn't know or didn't see before, I think, were worth it. Good. I think uh, I'm yeah. glad we got to see those. Yeah. Um, but this also explains like the weird highlight packages that we were seeing. Yeah, yeah. And stuff like that. That explains a lot for that. Now, this of course leaves us with knowing not a fucking thing for Impact next week, which sure. is kind of just kind of weird. Um, but. Hey, if we enjoyed it, and I, I I think it's so funny you didn't catch on. I, I de- no definitely thought, because I was going to pull um, the classic what you did with Icopod and yeah. like see how long it took you to see. I was I had this plan my whole head the whole time. And when you called out, right before we recorded, Bob goes, is that the dark match? And I was like, yeah, I think it is. And I was waiting for you to then call me, or either call me out and be like, oh, you didn't know it was like a, a pre-tape thing or something. I was like waiting. Yeah, I had no idea. That's funny. That is funny. Well, I mean, I didn't like. I, like I said, I didn't hate the show. So, and I was not. I guess I don't have uh, Lex Levette, Jeff Jarrett matches engraved in my brain. So. I just think it was it was such a unique match. That's how I knew. The first one, and you know, if you else noticed, P.D. Williams didn't have the X Division title in the first one. That I did notice that. I did notice that. Yeah. And I almost was like, why doesn't he have the title? Yep. And that would have indicated that it was um, taped earlier. Crazy, but I did. Man. I did. I did, in fact, notice that. I do. It's crazy. Do. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's interesting. Interesting well, to to that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm really excited to now actually see what I think will be our true version of what Impact is going to be on next week's episode, assuming there's not another hurricane and going to screw us. Uh, because this week we were hoping that's what we were going to get, and unfortunately that wasn't even close to the case. I mean, we, they. I feel like we could have... I know we weren't at the Impact Zone, but maybe we could have got at least a new interview or two in there. But having Don West and Mike Tanay do new commentary helped because it was... I mean, that was the real thing that I think helped a lot of this is because the commentary was fresh and it was, like, still relating to what we were seeing. Right. Um, but, yeah, man, I, uh, I'm i interested to see what's going to happen. I think we're truly going to see what's going to happen now. But we're inching closer and closer to Victory Road, the first three-hour epic event. I can't freaking wait. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to uh, finding out uh, just exactly what will be on that show. Who will Jeff Jarrett defend the NWA world title against? There's many options, potential outsiders, unless they're with him, as Jarrett has already teased. Maybe he got to them before Russo or Rhodes or even Sabisco. Who knows? Uh, But that is all I have for this week. Uh, we don't know anything regarding impact for next week. So, uh, 
That's a bit of a bummer. I didn't know AJ Styles uh, indie notes, or did I? I don't think you did, but um, we can always play catch up if we need to. I'm sure he's going to be on the next Impact. I have not looked or anything, but yeah, I mean, or I can just do it. I can just do it now if you want to. If you want to end us on a strong note with AJ Styles indie notes. Well, yeah, how about we just do that? Because I don't want to play massive catch-up. I should have been paying attention. But that was good news. Oh, okay. It was. I, I mean, was, it was. And yeah. I was mesmerized by that video package. That was three and a half minutes long. Uh, <laughs> September 15th, AJ Styles defeated Matt Seidel. Phenomenal invasion. IWA Mid-South. Evansville, Indiana. September 16th, he defeat, uh, he lost to Brian Danielson at IWA Mid-South Homecoming on September 16th in New Albany. And then on the 17th of September, he defeated Jimmy Rave in the Ted Petty Invitational 2004 first round. IWM itself, Highland, Indiana. All right, good. Good. Okay, I'm glad we did that. I am as well. Uh, All right, we will be returning to the Impact Zone next week for the September 24th edition of Impact. So get ready for some more crazy fun Impact fun next week. Until then. I'm freaking ready. You better be. Let's go. And, And you're not going on any Walmart runs, so screw it. Exactly. All right. Until then, for Dallas Gurley, I am Bob Conley Jr., and this has been the TNA Crossline Podcast.